fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Great. Uh, I'm, I'm good. It's Tuesday. As usual. It's recording night. Uh, drinking beer. As usual. I'm good, Andrew. Uh, how are you? How do how do you identify, Andrew? Somewhere between a thoughtful curator <laughs> and a Pokemon hunter. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, how are you? I'm good. I'm a little sleepy. I worked today uh, a little unexpectedly, a little expectedly. Uh, in that yesterday, I was invited to work today for what was sold to me as an ill-defined amount of time, which for most things is like four hours or so. Yeah, it turned out to be like about eight hours. Invited is a curious term. Well, I didn't have to go. Yeah. There's some like obligation, but also if you're not available, you're not available. But anyway, I was invited. I went uh, and ended up working a full day, like a full normal person day on what was supposed to be my productive weekend day. Cause yesterday was chill day. Got some stuff done, but most of the stuff that I was like, I was doing was partial with intent to finish it today. So I had a pretty ineffective chore weekend, which is whatever. But here I am now talking watches and drinking beer in my, I'm gonna start referring to this as my study. Is this the study? We're in the study? What else would it be? Sure. I like it. The den? This isn't a den. The studio? Yeah, studio makes more you're, sense. You're one easel away from a studio. This is it's our stu- we, This is where we record. It's a recording I, I, studio. I know, but I think if you get an easel in here, then it's definitely like the studio. Maybe I'll get like a couple easels and buy some uh, like charcoal sketches mm-hmm. and just put them on the easels <laughs> it's perfect as though they're like i'll just put them something in front of some you're chairs. working on yeah the the active art yeah. project oh uh, yeah you know i've been working on that for some time i do have some bad news yeah i know uh, i was i, I was, don't actually know the bad news i was going to come friday morning get on an airplane and go to dc for the district time event i am no longer doing that those plans were dashed due to a number of circumstance. I will not be in DC. And that's pretty sad for me. Did you buy some Spirit Airlines tickets? No. Oh, someone stole my credit card information and bought Spirit Airline tickets. <laughs> no, that was not me. Okay. Uh, no, we we had a... Uh, yeah, no need to get into it, but... I was going to be in DC this weekend. I was very much looking forward to it, and we had to kind of last minute cancel that plan. So sad. Grande Ciento, my friend. Yeah, it's sad. Um, so I'm a little bummed about that, but I'm still excited about that show. I think that's going to be a fun show. I'm looking forward to pictures from that show. I'm looking forward to being a little jealous about that show. And yeah, yeah. Anything new for you this week? I don't know. Maybe we go to that next year. Yeah, I think it would be great. Uh, I think it would be great. Obviously, I've got multiple reasons to be at watch shows these days. Uh, and we were going, Foster was going to be presenting at that show. So I like DC a lot more than I like New York. 
Yeah, vice uh, vice versa. <clears throat> I, I think New York's one of the greatest cities in the world, and DC much less so. But I do like DC. I like DC a lot more than I like New York. What, 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 what's your what's the thing you like about DC better? All all the things. Mm. Literally everything. Yeah, I can't think of a single thing I like about DC more, except for the Smithsonian. That's the one exception. The uh, entire mall, mm. the three-mile stretch of free and amazing museums. Yeah, the Smithsonian it's for me far is... far less crowded. It's much more walkable because it's smaller, right? Like, you're not totally... I don't feel like you're totally... I'm making a face of you are making a face. Yeah, I th- uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think the Smithsonian is. I, I mean, just you you could spend a month at the Smithsonian, uh, and and I'm looking forward to at some point, probably to pretty soon, getting my kids out there. They're like at the age where there could be just days of I think wonder. Next year is the one. Yeah, I think next year's your spot. But every time I go to New York, I feel compelled to have to use Uber or taxis or the subway i've not felt that way in dc any of the times that i've been i did the dc marathon a few years back this has been i say a few years back it's been over a decade at this point that's a few years yeah it and and it was totally a delightful marathon that there it's got this weird stretch at the end where you're like on a you're like on an over ramp for several miles and then you turn around and come back off of the over ramp uh but other than that, it was a pretty delight because you go through the mall, you go past all the monuments. That's oh, cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. The Mar- the Marine Corps Marathon is what they call it. Ooh, hoorah. Hoorah. I think Ooh. it's actually, I don't think Ooh. they have. Hoorah. Yeah. Hoo. Hoo. It was, <sighs> it's too complex a sound. The best meal that I've ever had uh, is in, well, maybe not the best. My favorite like vacation meal I've ever had was at a place in DC called Agora. And I don't know. Sounds like a Greek restaurant. A Greek and like North African. Like very Mediterranean inspired. Um <clears throat> and I don't know exactly where it is relative to anything else. It was near our hotel. There were a lot of embassies nearby. Yeah, it's clear you're really clearing things up. Uh, <laughs> and we go in, we sit down, and I'm like, no, this, everything looks really great. Uh, and in, in restaurants, they often bring you some kind of starchy appetizer for free. You know, Mexican restaurants, you get chips and salsa, you frequently get bread other places. They brought fresh, fluffy, right out of a brick oven naan. Oh, yeah, that's the jam. <laughs> my life was changed yeah uh and then we had a really terrific meal and the whole trip was really fun but they it was just like it wasn't like red robin where you get you know a basket of fries and then you know by the time they pay your bill they have one and your next one ready for you Mm. that basket of naan never got light i had to have eaten just two two pounds of fluffy hot bread andrew have you ever had a pizza place called pyology i have i had pyology up sliced it was it was my kids that that they weren't finishing they brought home it was pyology and it was like pizza on non 
mm-hmm. and it was delightful. I really liked it. Um, like I like the pizza with like the non out of the bag. It had been wood fired. I could tell because mm-hmm. there was like char on the bottom and it was like a wood fired non. I was like, this is dope. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I understand there were some consequences in the household though. That Betty was mad about her pizza? Oh no, Betty said Kim got sick. She said she oh. got food poisoned and then got graphic. Yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that was the pizza. Oh, well, I she's, certain. I certainly didn't have any. She still got graphic about it. I was like, thanks, Betty. That was really important <laughs> for me to know. She's like, I don't even care though. I'm willing to risk it. Andrew, like, all right. <laughs> Andrew, rather than graphic poop stories, we are today, in fact, talking about graphic poop stories. That's the that's the thing today. <laughs> we are talking about watches. We're talking about action, excitement, watches. And we decided we just did a roundup a couple weeks ago. Um, we decided to do another roundup this week because there's been really a, a lot of stuff. I, I think two things happened. One, we missed a couple of things from the last roundup that was like, oh, kind of wanted to talk about that. Um, and, and and the second thing that happens is just been like a crazy week. We're sort of getting into the watches and wonders time and people are starting to drop stuff. We're, we're not going to talk about all the watches and wonders. It's Q1 though. This is where people set the tone. We're, there's just stuff happening. There's stuff happening. And so we, we decided to dip back in. We're into a second roundup in three weeks but i i think arguably we have more stuff it's going to be harder for us to get there today so without further ado i'd like you to lead off andrew what's your first roundup watch item to talk about today i want to talk about just kind of a fun article that i read at i found it on time and tide via a fella named zach blass it's the Bills. He's Bill's younger brother. Yes. And the cousin to Zach Graff. <laughs> the five of the best action movie watches you can still buy at retail. And for some reason, watch stuff in movies always gets me excited. Watches in media is something that I like. Because there's really interesting uses of watches sometimes you can tell it's an afterthought sometimes you can tell it's not even the costume design it's like that's what that actor was wearing that day right and that's what they were like hey just leave that on it's fine other times they have a watch designed to fill a need right so it's somewhere between haphazard and so deliberate which is a pretty wide range (laughs) But that always gets me excited when I see watches that I can recognize in media. And I'm like, I wonder. Yeah, right. I right. wonder. I want to know. So first up, <clears throat> the Tom Cruise Mission Impossible Casio DW290-1V. $55 G-Shock. It's, it's, I mean, there's nothing exciting about it. But Tom Cruise wore one on Mission Impossible. That feels like a deliberate decision to me. Totally. When they've got tons of other action movie shots or action movie watches to be really prominently featured, right? When you look at the way James Bond has used watches throughout history, any other number of tool, cool guy watches, and he's wearing a $55 G-Shock. Yeah, you know, I, I think... And also not a good G-Shock relative to the other offerings. 
I don't know. I, I think at the time that this movie came out. So w- when was this movie? When, when was the original Mission Impossible? The original maybe? Mission Impossible is probably like 2005, maybe earlier. Maybe yeah. I, I think at the time this movie came out, this was kind of a cool watch, right? Obviously not a G-Shock, but it had that G-Shock feel feel I, I i don't know i think that there was a period of time specifically when mission impossible came out that this was kind of dope it, it's still dope i still love it it's not the sexiest silhouette 96 uh is when top gun came out or mission impossible came out <laughs> yeah when when the first mission impossible top gun came out you, you know and 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 in subsequent movies Tom Cruise wore different G-Shocks right so i i think that this was just sort of sort of a watch of the time but why and didn't they go sense. with a G-Shock G-Shock? And why did they use a Casio not G-Shock G-Shock? Because yeah, it has all of the things. It it has everything that a G-Shock has but the logo. Yeah. No, I, I think this is basically a G-Shock. I, I mean, I think it basically is. And it looks cool. It does, but it's it's not. It's a, it's a G-Shock ripoff by its company. Yeah. Yeah. Well... <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna introduce direct competitors to ourselves yeah uh next up interstellar interstellar the hamilton khaki field murph i don't think we really need to talk much about this watch uh it is a beloved watch its place in the story was really important and i think this was a really great watch to use in it because this is this is is kind of what epitomizes to me the heirloom watch. This is not an inexpensive watch, nor is it a safe baby watch. This is a watch that you get and you wear every day, all the time. This is, you know, grandpa's watch. That makes perfect sense for this movie. Yeah. This was a deliberate decision. The Casio, not G-Shock, G-Shock was... Seems a little haphazard. Yeah. Next up, the Gray Man Tag Hoyer Carrera 39. A really interesting deliberate decision. Because Gray Man was kind of weird. I watched it twice. I give every movie I don't like a second watch. I th- I think I liked it. I don't know. Yeah, it was fine. I, I thought I, I thought this was kind of weird because they start off with these two like classic watches and they go mm-hmm. into this list of like kind of whatever watches. Kind of weird watches, but that's the kind of watches that I like yeah. in in this space because that's what gets me thinking as I'm curious. I want to know why. Um, it's, a, it's certainly an interesting watch to choose given the field uh, when they're when they're going for this look. Yeah. Is money. Same thing with the next watch. Same thing with the Breitling Avi, right? It's like, well, let's stick this on Brad Pitt's wrist. And but it's kind of a weird choice, right? Yeah. Because that's a weird fellow. He's obviously going to wear wear a weird watch. Because Bullet Train was fun and I thought, real weird. I thought Bullet Train was so bad. It was fun and weird, and I hated it and liked it all at the same time. I I, there, I didn't even like it. And then, of course, they go with a James Bond Seamaster. Again, I I think they started really high on this list. For me, Mm -hmm. this list was really interesting. Like, okay, the DW290. Uh, Okay, the Murph. And they're like, oh, here's this bullshit 
Carrera that they put on Ryan Gosling's wrist. Like, meh. Yeah. Choosing the Seamaster is a cop-out. It's like they couldn't identify a fifth watch. Also, no AMW 320. Which is maybe the most featured... Maybe the most (laughs) featured watch in media. Without going shot by shot through every piece of film and television ever produced, I will say there is nothing... You know, outside of subs, outside of Rolex, there's no other watch that I've seen more of in media than yeah. the AMW320. It's everywhere. Mm. I think NBC must own 30 of them. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun list. I, I, I like stuff like that. Thanks, Tom and Ted. Thank you. What you got? I got a new release. And, and, I almost was surprised when this was released this week because I was like, I feel like I've known about this watch for a long time. There's a bunch of reasons for that. Um, and, and, and I don't think this watch has been exactly a secret, but notice it debuted their 500 meter sector. Sector The, the sector range has from the get been a eventually four watch collection with Mm -hmm. different styles, different dials, different hands, essentially sharing the same mid case. They've released a fifth watch. Now they've released a fifth watch still, still a four circle logo in the sector line, but, but they released, I think a wholly different watch here with the sector. This is a 500 meter dive watch sharing the mid case Mm -hmm. of the other sector watches, but with now a, Big O, a big O, what, 42 millimeter bezel that overhangs the case, 500 meters of water resistance, a little thicker because of we've got that water resistance. Uh, 13.6 on the thickness. Which is not, which is not crazy. No. Um, yeah, this thing's dope. This thing's dope. So it's got this like dual bezel, it, it you know, this this dual, what do you call that? Dual ring bezel with a 12 hour on the inside and a standard dive bezel on the outside. Um, it's got these great big, these great big uh, square markers. Um, Man, this thing's pretty cool, and and it's got all the modern touches. You, we've got a Nodex clasp, we've got a blasted surface. Um, I think it's pretty cool. This is not going to be for everybody. This is a big, bold, rawr case, but it's not that big. It's still the sector thirty nine millimeter case. It's got a big ass bezel, crown left. Yeah, left hand drive. 13.6 thick. A big crown, too. The The crown on this is more rugged and pronounced. But because of the case shape, we have an 11 and a half wrist of crystal. Mm-hmm. This is dope. Yeah, it's cool. It, it, it's really cool. Yeah, You know, I, I'll say it again. I, I don't think this watch is going to be for everybody, and it might not be for you, but... I think it is for somebody, and that's what makes it cool. It's got some neat details. It's got some red um, red fill. It's got a fully loomed bezel now. Well, I guess fully loomed. It's The numerals on the bezel are loomed. 
Uh, it's a BGW nine watch. So a little bit different than the C3 they've been going with. And that bezel that overhangs the case. I think that's just great. It sort of looks top down. Like your watch is a bezel. Your watch is just a bezel. Yeah. It looks like it ought to be much bigger. Right. <laughs> um, I think this is really great. Found a typo in Frank's review. Yeah. I think this is cool. So these are on sale now. 575, which for what you're getting, a fantastic value. It is... Um, this is a little bit more money than the regular sector line, but again, fantastic value. Still, we've got the NH35 movement. You're getting a little bit more out of though out of this than you are the rest of the sector line. Yeah, you're getting the the, the, the loomed bezel for one, the extra water resistance. Yeah, you're getting all the extra water resistance. You're getting some extra engineering costs that go into making this happen at this size. This Pretty, is a small 500-meter watch. That Nodex clasp in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I, w- I want to wear one. So, Notice.com, check one out. Buy one if you want. Andrew, what do you got? I have something exciting. Introducing, Seiko is back in black with three classic releases two of them i could care less about the last one and the one that i am most excited about is the twin stick alpinist in a full dlc black murdered out just yes murdered out alpinist so we're we're we've got a sla 067 spb 335 335 and the Alpinist SPBJ337. Yeah, so we've basically got like uh we've basically got like a uh 1965 diver. Yep. We've got a turtle and we got an alpinist. And I could I whatever, the 1965, the turtle, who cares? Uh it's the Alpinist murdered out for me that is some next level stuff like i've seen is this alpinist and 8035 movement you know it is dude that's rad so i i about two years ago saw somebody who had taken their um no it's the 6r no they're even so yeah i think it's the 6r where was it i was just looking Which is still cool. A couple it's years not ago, as cool as an 8 A couple years ago, I saw a photo of a fella who had his Explorer PVD'd. And my mind was blown. I was like, oh. Well, I could do that. Then I realized that the cost of that is about the same cost of the watch. So to double my investment and have the value seemed silly. So it just kind of went out of mind. So seeing this release come, this might get added to my my collection. They're coming in. What, would you sell your would you sell your green alpinist or your black alpinist? No, your, I'd keep your, it. 
You just have the double. Yeah. Here, but so here's the problem. The, the, the Alpinist is coming in at nine twenty five. Yes. Murdered out. That thousand bucks is not, not nothing. No, no, but it's gorgeous, but it's gorgeous. They're also limited edition. Yeah. So, and Hodinkee's pimping them. So, yeah. So they're not going to, I don't think these are collabs. These are just. This Hodinkee pimping Seiko. Yeah. Yeah, Seiko at least. But they're dope. They kept the red 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock triangle on the inner rotating bezel. That gives it like the real murdered out feel. Yeah. 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 It's got little red details. Yeah. It's a pretty cool watch. You know, the only thing I'll say about these, so these are going to be available in April. What I will say is the photos that have been provided to us by Seiko, I assume, and then and then through Hodinkee, um, make it a little hard to sort out. They're like these black background, like, you know, kind of, gray on gray and so i'm a little bit curious yeah it's just gonna look pvd but it's hard to get a real good representation i think that the greens have been really pumped in these and Mm -hmm. so a a little hard to see like what's this gonna look like in real life but very cool watches i'm into it it'll look awesome and um i hope i can find one used for yeah less i want to talk about a watch andrew that i think is cool as shit that I have heard nothing but negative shit about. Ready? Autodromo released what they're calling the Type C, which is in reference to the Type C sort of racing cars of the 90s, you know, uh, or excuse me, of the 80s. Mm-hmm. 80s, everything was digital and computers. It's a perfect name within the autodrama lexicon this is a digital watch this is a stainless steel digital watch with different coatings they've got i think four different versions of these and they're 475 bucks and it's just like an f91 get that for 10 bucks you callow sons of bitches cannot figure out why the fuck this is cool so so first let me say something gosh so crass let me say something. An NH35 movement can be had for about 23 bucks. So do not tell me that I don't care what module is in this. The movement in the majority of sub $400 watches is a piece of shit. And don't even the Miyota 9035 is a piece. It's a $50 movement. Okay. And that's like really nice. So let's not pretend like the value of a $500 watch is in the movement. Shut the fuck up. This watch is rad. Okay, so I got to see one of these in New York. Bradley of Autodromo was wearing the Cerakote yellow version Mm -hmm. of this on his wrist. He did not let me hold it, nor did he let me take a picture of it, but he was happy to talk with me about it. Uh, dude, these things look amazing. How are you going to wear something like that to a media event (laughs) and abstain from photography? Nah, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He, he knew people would see that and be like, what the, and and I I don't know. 
He's a little bit of a nut guy, but he's definitely knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. I know he knows what he's doing. These things are all awesome. I don't care what you say. It is worth every single bit of that money to have someone like Bradley at Autodromo designing watches in this space is exactly what we need. Is this the best value watch? No, no watches are a good value. Shut the fuck up. This thing is awesome. It looks great. It's a phenomenal size. 36 millimeters. Yeah, phenomenal yep. size. That's what size Perfect. this watch should be. And it wears bigger than 36 too, right? Because like, it's a big square. That's right. That's right. And it's, it's steel, so it's not going to be F91 vanish on your wrist, nor is it titanium vanish on your wrist. It's not a bargain. This isn't a bargain. But we're not here to talk about cheap watches. We're not talking about bargains, people. This is rad. Shut up. You might not like it, but don't tell me that this watch is an F91. No, it's not. Shut the fuck up. I love this thing. I will die. (laughs) This hill. This is the one. Jeez, I, I mean, it, it's it's funny, you know. I think Hodinky did a post, and you go down, it's like, shut up, everybody, shut up. This is rad. I'll fight you, and I fight dirty. He does. He's a biter. Andrew, what are your thoughts on this now? I, I, now that I've left the table really open for you to think freely, and I don't, I don't have a lot to say. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I super dig this. I saw his yellow one at uh, at Wind Up also, and uh, was excited about it. It's the most exciting watch they have. Auto Drummo hasn't really spoken to me in any of their releases. Sure, this one lands it for me. This is that cool, vintage inspired, but brought to brought up to the twenty twenty three level that I want. I dig it. it, it I, th- I think that this thing is like an A86. I mean, it's the fit and finish. You, you can just tell from the pictures. The fit and finish is phenomenal. They've got a PVD coated like red and yellow. They've got a brushed steel yellow, I guess, like with yellow details. Uh, and then a and then a green accent. Also PVD, I think. And yeah. then and then of course the star of the show is the yellow Cerakote. I I love these watches. This is 80s racing. This yeah. is it. This is the kind of stuff that from the 80s that is tolerable for me to return. Yeah. A lot of other things are not. This works. You, you know, they I, I think I think Bradley ref, references a couple of different cars when he talks about his design influence. Um, let's see if I could if I can find these. It, it, oh, a Porsche 962C and a Sabra C9. Fine. Sabra. I, I see an AE86. That's what this looks like to me. Mm-hmm. This is an AE86, and I I'm here for it. Give it to me. Put it in me. It's pretty small, so it wouldn't be that uncomfortable either. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Andrew? G-Shock. Again, answering the call of the watch modding and watch community with a full metal gold Cassie Oak. This is too much watch for me. 
It's not gold. It's not real gold. Okay, let's just be clear because I, I it's when gold I saw colored. The, when I saw the link you sent, I was like, whoa. It's not it, it's gold toned. It's gold toned. It's not gold. I wouldn't put it past G Shock to drop one in gold. <laughs> just eighteen thousand dollar Casio. Because why not? Yeah. Right? People would buy it. People would buy it for sure. They they wouldn't be able to make enough. I, but I dig it, even though this is too much watch for me. This is this is you know, they say like don't wear a hat bigger than your personality. I think that that That's way about watches, watch. right? This watch is bigger than my personality. I'm yeah. a, I'm a pretty boring guy. This is not a boring watch. Nor is it an especially cheap watch. So, yeah, what are these in US so, dollars? So we've seen Cassioke dropping full metal, which is really cool because Cassioke's were being modded into full metal cases and then G-Shock's like, well, why don't we just... We can do that. We can just give it to them like that. It right. charges them more money. <laughs> like, then we get the money instead of Ali. These in U.S. dollars are coming in at $808.83. That's not bad. It's not bad. It Well, no, it is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah, no, it's terrible. Um, yeah, come to... Yeah, I've changed my mind. It's awful. It's awful. Um, but that's the world we live in right now. We're Casio and G-Shock are cashing in on some interesting hype surrounding some of their lines. But I dig this color. It's not just the, because it, it's it's not just the case. It's gold accents on the dial. It's gold hands. It's everything. It is a gold-toned bling machine. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fucking dope. I yeah, wish you know, I was cool enough to wear this. There, there's a Cassio on rubber that came out a handful of years ago. Mm, maybe this last year with a gold case and a and a plastic band rubber band that is like 200 bucks all day and so i wonder what the difference i mean is it just 600 dollars worth of bracelet probably all right fuck it yeah it's fine it's fine it didn't move me I, I got excited about it. I'm I'm happy to see them responding to the people. You right? <laughs> you G- think they're responding to the people? I no, I, I, I think what G Shock is doing is they're seeing the the hype around their stuff and capitalizing on it. They're they're trying to f- attack that modders market and the the making their stuff better market by just doing the stuff that people want. G-Shock is surprisingly nimble. Yeah. I, at least as I perceive it. Well, G-Shock is selling a bucket load of watches. When you're selling that many watches, you, you can be nimble. But you shouldn't be able to be nimble. You should be this enormous machine that's manufacturing five years out. And they're not. Or maybe they are. And they're just like a year behind. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but um, that's a core release. And I was, I, I was happy to see it. So... <laughs> This is one of the watches that, for me, I wanted to talk about a few weeks ago, and then it just didn't happen. Um, But it's now sort of getting a little bit more play, and so I thought I'd talk about it now. There is a brand that was announced, I think, via Hodinkee. Also, Gary Steingart is writing for Hodinkee now, which... I, yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't fit. The but place is a revolving door. I I love it. I love the fact that Gary Steingart's writing, writing for... Hodinkee. Anyway, he wrote an article, I guess, because it's not really a review. It's, yeah, it's Gary Steingart. He wrote something and put it on Hodinkee about a new watch 
a new brand and their debut watch, a uh, brand called Lorca. And the debut watch titled, I guess, unsurprisingly, model number one, uh, <laughs> which fair. Um, this is a brand out of New York from a fellow named Jesse Merchant, which not someone I know a ton about. But this is a 36 millimeter fixed bezel Sopra GMT with, I think it's fair to call this sort of classic styling. It's got a very sort of 60s thing going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and decisions were made. One of the things Gary Steingart talks about in his article is the idea of a, a one-man band uh, that many of microbrands are. He talks about microbrand. You know, we talk about that term all the time, and it's sort of whatever. But th- these singular creator watch brands, and he, he talks about a handful of different brands, Lewis Heath and Ann Ordain, uh, Chase Fancher at Oak and Oscar. Um, how when you when you take the committee out of design, you get these really special watches, much like I think Bradley or, or bags of shit. Well, that that's the that's the other side to that coin. I think this is an absolute hit. This feels to me a little bit like Laurier. Mm-hmm. It feels to me a little bit like Serica. That's right where my mind went. That very like 50s piloty. Yeah. So what we've got is a Soprod top grade GMT, which is a lovely movement. Not a particularly expensive movement, but a, a very nice movement. And then just from there, fucking design decisions. This comes out in a silver and a black dial. Um. I don't think I love the silver. I do love the black. Um, fonts, fonts. I, I think this is. I think most of this watch is going to be a love it or hate it sitch, and you may not love it, and that's okay. You don't have to argue with me. The fonts are remind me of uh, like blacksmithing stamps. Yeah, they, yeah. They don't seem etched. They seem pressed because they're they're not they're not sloppy by any means but they're super unique like pushed in yeah yeah uh and and you know this it's got lines it's got lines for days (laughs) that's right it's got this box the box for this thing i love so when we so when i worked with mm. our manufacturer to design a box for the foster watch we had kind of talked about something like this you know i've talked a lot about that watch how it's supposed to be the department store sort of 1960s 70s we had talked about a box like this this has like a a, a box that looks like something that was purchased at the pharmacy a piece of jewelry that was purchased at the pharmacy in the late 60s, you know, it looks like it, it, when you open it, can you hear the hinge? You can hear the hinge. And you also know <laughs> that while you open it, it's going to action the inside of the box to raise up the product <laughs> within it. And it's got like a piece of 
like satin lined cardboard. I, I don't know. That's I'm, I'm not actually talking about this box. I'm talking about what I imagine. It's this the feeling box that it's is. evoking, though. Yeah, that's which is right. the whole thing of this watch. This is to evoke something in you. Evoke is that the word? Yeah, that's yeah. the right word. Yeah. So these aren't cheap. It's a Sopra GMT. So I think retail on these is seventeen fifty. Uh, they're going to be available about a week from now, March seventh, for a pre order at fourteen fifty. Which, again, not a bargain, but a really reasonable price, I think, for what this is. You may not love it. I love it. I, I love a bunch of things about this watch, but three things in particular are screaming at me. One, the size. Yes. 36 millimeters. Which is about as small as you can go with that movement. I don't know if you could go any smaller. Two, the end link. Oh my God. If you haven't seen this watch, go look at the end link. The end link is tenting my pants right now as I'm sitting here talking to you. I can, I can vouch for what I'm seeing. Three, the clasp. Look at this beautiful clasp. Yeah. Two button clasp with just this beautiful, simple, understated engraving with a very, very refined and elegant cursive L. Love it. I love this watch. It's not because the watch is special. It's because it's been designed and really special. The watch is special. That's why you like it. It's okay. Really well designed. I love it. 11.2 thick. I don't know if you can even use thick anymore at that. Yeah. Size. Yeah. Here's my complaint. And 20, 20 meters, uh, 20 atmospheres, 200 meters of water resistance. Here's my complaint. Give it to me. Won't be delivered until November. Yeah. Well, that's how that goes. That's how it goes. But that's, that's my one complaint. Fair enough. No, and it's a really fair complaint. That's, that's a, that's some delayed gratification that I'm yeah, not prepared for. Especially at, especially at 1500 Yeah. Sweet, sweet dollars. Well, and and uh, maybe $1,800, right? Yeah. I mean, depending on when you order. But yeah, you're looking at until November. And perhaps that that pre-order right now will allow him to, to have some inventory on hand come ship date. Yeah. So, so maybe you can buy in November for $1,750. Maybe not. Mr. Merchant, if you're hearing this, I give us a call. Marchand? M-A- oh, yeah, because he's Swiss. C-H-A-N-T. Yeah, he's, he's French, Swiss French. Swiss Canadian. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Marchand, if you are listening to this, give us a holler. We'd, we'd super we'll like you to on. get one of these for free. I know you're hanging out with Gary Steingart. Whatever. We're cool, too. Not as cool. Andrew, what do you got? Ooh, I haven't even been preparing for my next thing. Um, <clears throat> hmm. Next thing, short thing, uh, just just something of note that has happened. Uh, Mr. Pharrell Williams. I've heard of that guy. He's known for his hats. He's known to have interesting watches. He's also taken on a new role. Okay. Are you going to tell us more? No. All right. I'm going to let you Google it. You're really not going to tell us? No, move on. <laughs> Newly appointed menswear creative director of Louis Vuitton. Well, why are you telling them? Well, because you're you're dragging your feet. Because I wasn't going to tell you. I just want to say, look up 
look up Mr. Pharrell Williams. So, uh, <laughs> he is the new creative men's director for Louis Vuitton, which is interesting. <coughs> and I think it matters to watches. Watch people think it, watch media thinks it matters to watches because there's a bunch of articles out there kind of pontificating on what this means for somebody who has been known for their interest in haute horology to now be taking the reins as a creative for a company that stands to do really well in that space. And there's not very many brands that exist with any regard in the watch world that also hold comparable regard in the fashion world. Yeah. I think it's an interesting position for Louis Vuitton to find themselves in. And I think they could do some really cool stuff with it. Like I think if they were to, if they were to push out a line in that like three to $8,000 range and be a direct competitor with Cartier, I think that'd be really interesting. And I think they'd have not similar offerings, obviously, but I think they could do a really similar thing. And I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Cartier is obviously, uh, they've been making watches since the get, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's hard to come in. But they've also been making jewelry. They've been making fashion. They've been at the forefront of that space and Louis Vuitton just hasn't been making watches with the same regard. Yeah. Well, Louis Vuitton's a bag company and shoes and logos. <laughs> they make, they make a logo. They do make a, yeah. a logo. I think it's interesting. Uh, and I, and I think it, I, I, th- I don't think it'll be a big nothing, right? I don't think it'll actually come to fruition, but it's interesting to think about. I'd wear some cool LV shit. Yeah, you would. I would. Andrew, one of the brands that really jumped out at us in New York, uh, we talked about this in our decompression. And Uh, in our most excited about. A brand called Circulus, not a new company. This is a company from the 50s, 1950s, that was a few years ago revitalized by the son of the owner, fellow named Cornelius Huber, who is just delightful, just a charming, charming young man. Uh, Cornelius took his, uh, so this is a German brand, Cornelius. Uh, uh, Which I didn't know was a German name. Circular. Cornelius. Cornelius, oh. <laughs> uh, took over his grandfather's company in 2018 or started running his grandfather's company in 2018 at the very least. least. Uh, and has, unbeknownst to me, and and I think a lot of people, just started dishing out bangers. Um, they released a new watch this week, or announced a new watch, which is uh, their Aqua Sport GMT. Um, this is not a 36 millimeter GMT. This is bigger. This is in their sort of Aqua Sport diver mode uh, like a skin diver this feels like a 1970s skin diver but mm-hmm. 
It's a full featured. This is not a Sopra. This is a Salida. 330. 330. It's a it's not a small watch. It's a 40 millimeter watch. Um 13 and a half, which, which is, is pretty appropriate for a GMT. Not terrible for a GMT. Um, but it's really I, I think this is a really handsome watch. They've got this in a couple different colorways. They've got like sort of a subdued gray, dark gray thing. They've got a split tone, light blue, navy blue thing. Um, and the gray's got kind of like a minty green accent to it. And the blue has sort of an orange accent to it. These are really handsome. Mm-hmm. Really good use of color. Not quite like fairer contrast but with the colors. Super close. Same. I it, it it feels similar to me in terms of their use of color in a creative and good way. And and these watches, you you might see these in images and be like, meh, um, because they're they look like watches. This is a watch from a company I've never heard of. Fine. You get these things on your, on your wrist, in your hand. These things are amazing. So I think that these are coming in at like $1,100 or thereabouts, which not nothing. That's not nothing. But at retail for a Salita 330, that's pretty reasonable. That's in the range. And these things are fantastic. The fit and finish and the manufacturer, beautiful. I was, I was shocked by how much better these were in person than in photographs. It's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. how did you make a watch that is so much better than it could look in a picture? Yeah. Why, like, and why how do people I, take such bad pictures of your stuff? <laughs> and how have I not heard of your watches? Yeah. And they're small. It's a, it's a small brand yeah. out of Germany, which is not really like the spice of life in our watch knowledge. They, they stand to have a really really great couple years I'm excited by this one what do you got Andrew what do I have uh oh oh I got one last thing (laughs) it's a monochrome article that I saw introducing blue panda and integrated rubber straps Tissot enlarges the PRX collection again. I don't care about the Blue Panda. I don't care about the Ice Blue. They Same. have finally released a rubber strap for the PRX. Which, I knew that's why you <clears throat> sent this link. Yeah. Which is the the chief complaint of every integrated bracelet strap watch out there. I want to be able change my strap yeah sometimes a bracelet doesn't work sometimes the rubber strap doesn't work i just want the option right i kind of was was hesitant about the santos for that very reason because of the proprietary shit there were some (laughs) options out there (laughs) that are no longer uh and then i got it on a bracelet and i was like oh this is never coming off the 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 leather strap that it comes with is still in plastic but with a prx i know i'm gonna want to be able to change the strap at least occasionally and they've finally done it 
I'm super appreciative for it. I can't speak to its quality. It looks nice on the watch. And I'm no, it looks here it looks it. really clever. It's a quick release. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a waffle print thing. It's got a s- signed rubber. Yeah. The PRX logo appearing on the inside. Yeah, I, I think these are cool, man. Um, I, I I actually really like this. I I really like this bracelet. Do Do you know what the cost on the on the Chronos are? Uh, I don't. Did you know that Dame Dollar is a uh, Tissot ambassador spokesperson? I did, and I don't know why. I said I just recently saw it. Did you know that Dame Dollar scored 71 points in a basketball game this this week? I saw that. It was against the Houston Rockets, who are who have won 13 games this season. But let's forget about that for a second. This is the second time. They've won 13 games this season. That's awesome. <laughs> this is the second time someone scored 70 points in a game, which is freaking crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of points. 70 points is crazy. I went back and watched the game, and it was like, oh, Dame scored again. Oh, Dame scored again. He's on par. 13 three-pointers. Jeez. Which is tied for second most threes in a game of all time. But, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, this is cool. The movement is a value, an upgraded value movement in that GMT, and so or that, that chronograph. And I know you didn't want to talk about it, but it's a pretty cool chronograph. And they're two thousand bucks for a Valju Chronograph PRX, pretty dope. God, that's a beautiful movement too. It's gorgeous, yeah. And, and the rubber strap is really. But cool. I don't care about any of that because I am excited about the finally releasing the rubber strap. I'm really hoping they make it available on their accessories page to be able to pick it up for anybody who's already got a PRX. Yeah, yeah, they should. Okay, one final watch that we're going to talk about. Okay, Zin, Zin. Whatever you want to call it. Maybe we just be vague. Throater. Zin. 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 Uh, Zin released two new new models, or I guess three new models in its U50 line, but instead of a U, it's a T. And the reason for that is these are titanium watches. One of these is titanium, and one of these is a alloy that they're calling gold bronze i don't i'm not going to get into what gold bronze is because i don't have a fucking clue (laughs) but it's some percentage of bronze with a more hypoallergenic thing going on they released three different iterations of these one of these is a fully titanium t50 which is a lot like the u50 with I think a sexier dial and a sexier handset. You may not like the handset. This is more like a uh, five, five, six. These are broadsword. This is Mm -hmm. a broadsword kind of piloty thing. It very much looks like a U50, but you don't get that Lego handset, which I think is dumb, but some people like it. You might like it. You might like the Lego handset. I don't love it. I like this a lot better. So one of these is full titanium. One of these is a titanium mid case with a gold bronze bezel, which is a pretty sharp look. Mm-hmm. And then the, there's a limited edition. They didn't make very many, 150 or so of full gold bronze. Um, 
these are not cheap watches. No. I think the limited edition is 5,000 or 6,000 bucks or something. And the, the titanium is like 3,800. Uh, so the T50 gold bronze, 300 pieces. They call it 300 examples. Okay. <laughs> 5,800 bucks. The titanium GBDR with gold bronze, 4,270 on textile and... Forty six seventy on rubber. Yep, Which or is, t- or the titanium bracelet. Yeah, and the T fifty titanium is thirty eight forty on both the bracelet and the rubber strap. That's the one that gets me excited because a full titanium U fifty is dope. Yeah, it, I, I think actually the gold bronze bezel. So I think titanium case, titanium bracelet, gold bronze bezel. That's the one of these I like the I, most. I don't because I don't like the the color disparity. Yeah, I, I'm I'm here for it. I'm here I, for it, but I, I, I can see I can see both arguments. I don't like the disparity. I, I I'm I'm here for you, Andrew. I don't I don't like it. <laughs> this this watch makes too much sense in titanium. In fact, I was surprised to to realize that this has not been in titanium it's, before it's now. Just now, titanium. Yeah, given feels all like of a, the other things that Germany is doing, right? <laughs> You'd think titanium would be really high on the list for Zen. So really kind of out of the price range of things we normally talk about, although we talk about whatever, but uh, pretty neat release. If you're into Zen and you've got 5,000 bucks or 6,000 bucks laying around. And the nice thing about Zen is that you get this really small window to buy their stuff and then never again. (laughs) (laughs) It will forever be on their website, but you will not be able to buy it. Yeah. So if you've got 5,000 bucks not sitting around, you're not going to have to worry about it in about a week and a half. So you can't buy the watch. Are these the same? Is this the same handset on the on the five five six? If it's not the same, it's very similar. Yes. I don't know. I have to look at them. It's got side. a pilot feel. So yeah, super pilot U fifty. Uh, with that, I I think we can put this this episode to rest. We didn't get to every single link that we had on the page, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, I think we're in a good place to move on. Andrew, are you ready to move on? I am. Do you have another thing? I do. You you you, you oftentimes do. Andrew, other most, things most often. What do you got? I have been reading a book. You don't know how to read. Well, it's on a, it's an audio book. But I have it played on like one third speed, so it sounds like I'm sounding out the words. It's nice. <laughs> I have been actually reading Blood and Thunder, an epic of the American West. That sounds cool. It's by a fellow named Hampton Sides. Hampton Sides is a historian known for his historical nonfiction books. Blood and Thunder is the story of Kit Carson. So this is nonfiction? Yes. Okay. Um, Ish. No, it's nonfiction, right? I mean, it's a, it's a nonfiction book written by a historian, so you know there's going to be just some artistic license taken in connecting dots, which is important. Fine. You're going to get some, not by the author artistic license, but you're going to get some, you know, uh, oral history growing of the bear things. 
you know, when in fact a person might have kicked a bear cub, you know, by the time his kids hear about it, he fought a full-grown grizzly and all three of his friends, right? right. There's there's always <laughs> right. going to be some of that in, in these legendary people. But given how relatively recent this time is, you know, the story of the American mountain man, um, <clears throat> Western expansion is all pretty well documented. It has been super fun <laughs> read. I've never read any of Hampton Side's books before. Um, the way he writes is really captivating. It's super easy to read. It's not one of those books where you have to like build up a little momentum. You're just right in it. You're in you the just, story. You're, you're in, in the excitement. You can read a page and then put it back down because your kids are yelling at you and not feel like the, the tedium of having to get into the book and then get back out of it. I've super enjoyed it. Um, just anecdotally, there's a part of the story is um, he's taking his oldest daughter east to where his family is, but, you know, on the edge of the frontier for an education. He keeps his toddler with him, um, but his toddler stays with some family friends. And then just like as as kind of a, I think it's even in parentheses, this is the last time he saw his youngest daughter because she fell into a vat of boiling lard for, or not lard, whatever they make for soap, they use for soap, not lard. It's um, tallow. Tallow, yeah. <laughs> fell into a vat of boiling tallow and was scalded to death. End parenthesis, moving on. <laughs> That's the kind of writing this guy is. Like this huge and <laughs> super important thing is just, yeah. also, by the way, Kit Carson, I, I like it. Everyone's kind of familiar with the name Kit Carson and his role in the westward expansion and the fur trade in America. It's been a really fun book to get a full, more full look at this fella's exploits. Uh, because of this book, I'll probably get a couple more of Hampton's. Books because I've, I've, uh, I've enjoyed his writing. I love when that happens when yeah. you get introduced to an author and you're like, "Yeah, okay, give me more." I can get down with what you're writing about. Yeah, you know, I've got pictures of Kit Carson up. Not, not a handsome fellow. Mm -mm. No, mm -mm. but you wouldn't be either if you lived 98 percent of your life outdoors. True, without electricity or plumbing. And and I'd let this. I'd let him borrow whatever tools out of my garage he wanted. Just based on appearance alone. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I think you would take him if you didn't allow it. Because <laughs> you also know he's carrying like several muskets and a tomahawk. Sure. Sure. Uh, I started a new show this last week with my wife. Mm. This is a show on, I believe, Apple TV. Okay. I always do that and I'm like, oh gosh, is it Apple TV? Um, it's called Shrinking. And... and it's not about getting smaller. Rather, it's about a therapist, uh, a, a psychiatrist, perhaps. It's got the, the main protagonist, Jason Siegel. It's got Harrison Ford. In, Rick Moranis. Uh, I, <laughs> and Rick Moranis. <laughs> uh, 
it's got a couple of actors that I was not super familiar with, but have really charmed my ch- charmed. I was going to say pants off, but that makes it sound sexual and it's not. They've been charming. Uh, a, a young actor named Lukita Maxwell, who is, I believe, from Singapore, who had never seen in anything before, but is a really tremendous actor. And then also Jessica Williams, who is of, uh, I, I believe, Daily Show fame um, and also the incredible Jessica James a few years back. And she, I think, is really the surprise star of this show in some ways. Uh, A bit of comic relief, but just fantastic cadence, fantastic. This show is dark. Is Harrison Ford the the shrink? Uh, Jason, so actually... uh, Jessica Williams, Harrison Ford, and Jason Siegel are all shrinks that work together. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a dark show. It's a depressing show. It's about a w- widower dealing, a uh, <coughs> widower and a, and a, and his daughter dealing with the death of her mother, his wife in sometimes healthy and other times very unhealthy ways. It is, been really good and funny and relatable in unrelatable ways uh and i'm loving it so i think relatable in the human condition way in the human condition way yeah that's right i i think it's six episodes in with the seventh episode going to be released soon so it's like at that place where if you start now you'll be caught up for like end season uh type of hijinks really good not something I'd heard anybody talking about. Just we took it on a flyer based on the tile. It's not Jason, really bingeable yet, though. People don't start talking about shit till it's bingeable. You, you couldn't fully binge it today, but you could get pretty close and then just have a couple of episodes you were waiting for. So six hours is not a binge. Uh, oh, you don't think so? No. Yeah. Well, give me twelve and then I'm on board. <laughs> Really like, good. I didn't start Yellowstone until season four. <laughs> and then you were like, too, it was like too late. Like you were going to get through all the good stuff and into the bad stuff. Yeah, I got yeah. through it. Yeah. Um, no, really good. I, and and not something I'd heard a lot of people talking about. I've been, both of us, both my wife and I were like, yo, this is good. That's surprising because Apple TV usually does a really good job marketing outside of their platform. Yeah, that's right. What was the uh, Jennifer Aniston... Um, anyway, you, you couldn't, you couldn't turn the television on, even if you're not connected to the internet and not see an ad for that. But, yeah. um, yeah, no, really good, really charming, really funny, a little sad, a little dark. It's all the things. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. Recommend it, it's, it's not Ted Lasso, but it feels a little like Ted Lasso. Okay. Yeah. It's not the same as that. It, but there's some tonality similarities. All right. Apple TV is establishing themselves as the human condition channel. That sounds right. That sounds right. Andrew, once again, we've done it. We've rounded up the world of watches. There's nothing else you need to know. You heard it here first and last. We've given the folks some reading material, some viewing material. Know that your pants have been charmed off. Your pa- <laughs> We've charmed their pants off, maybe, hopefully. Your your pants. My pants. Not theirs. And theirs. Hopefully. Every, nobody's wearing pants anymore. 
Anything you want to add before we go? A man of things, man. Hey, you guys. Uh, I'm really glad you joined us. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Why don't you do us a favor? Check us out at watchclicker.com. That's our website. We put all the episodes of this podcast on there, but also articles, review. There's a review of the brand new Notice Sector Deep on there. You can also check us out on the socials at watchclicker or at 40 and 20 underscore watch clicker. If you want to support us and oh gosh, we hope you do. You can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That's how we afford all these fancy microphones and mixing boards and software and hosting patreon.com slash 40 and 20. And, uh, Hey, don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.